Games. An inventory of curiosities, community, connection, and collaboration. That's Nicole. And that's Deanna. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome aboard, folks. Um, if you don't know our format, our setup of this podcast, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Hello. Um, we have four sections of this podcast. Hence, four be the things. Four. Also based off of an amazing Dorothy Parker poem called Mm -hmm. Inventories. So Google it. I'll put that in the show notes this time. It's great. I'll put it on the Instagram. Ooh. Uh, This is what we do. Here's our little check-in. Going to be brief today because we do have a longer food for thought, which is section (laughs) two, which is all about trying a new foodie item, sometimes local, sometimes not, and chatting about it. However, our guest today was like an expert in what we're tasting. And we learned a lot, so, so much. we kept it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Our first thing is always this. Oh, yeah. Our little ketchup with Nicole and Deanna. A little ketchup. And then a little ketchup. I hate ketchup. I um, like <laughs> Our third section is our beauty and wellness section. Gotta love some beauty and wellness products. And we ask um, the person, our guest what their favorite beauty, wellness item, or like thing they do for themselves is. Yeah, a little self-care, self-love. And then finally is the big part, the part about the guest. Usually it's the longest part and an interview with somebody we're interested in getting to know. Sometimes it's someone who has a job that we're curious about and what that means. Sometimes it's a company we love. Uh, Sometimes it's just a person who has an awesome perspective. So we shake it up a little bit because that's what keeps things fresh Mm -hmm. in the podcast bedroom. This one, (laughs) we are in a bedroom. We're on location in my apartment this time. This is our studio. How dare you? (laughs) This is our very high-tech podcast studio. Yeah, duh. Uh, This interview is exciting. We have Jacob McKinley. McKinley. And Jacob is a speech pathologist. Mm. What is a speech pathologist, you ask? You'll learn. Great question. (laughs) But before that, you're going to learn a lot about beer. Ooh, boy. So uh, if you have time, if you have a second, not while you're driving, Mm. we really are trying to pump up our reviews. Getting a good review, usually on Apple Podcasts, it's pretty easy. You find our show, you scan down. All the way. All the way. And it's going to say, leave a review. Five stars, great, but really more great (laughs) is writing an actual review, even if it's like, cool podcast, period. Or even if you're like, it's all right, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, What it does is it just gives us more... Visibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then um, sharing, if you're listening, share it on your Instagram story because we always share the people who are sharing our stuff. Yes, tag us. We love seeing that. We love it. And um, we love you guys so much. <laughs> we hope you have a great time. We had a good time. This was a nighttime recording. It was recording, a nighttime so... alcohol. Yeah, so it's, it's bound to be good, right? Yeah. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. All right, so this is our section called Food for Thought. And what we're doing today is beer. 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 We're getting beer. And the story of this beer, I have three massive growlers in front of me. And what I've just learned is that they're not massive. They're not massive. They're 32 ounces. Maybe a little <laughs> bit more than that. And how much Two is beers. a full beer? 16 ounces would be a pint. That's a full beer? Uh, yeah. But That's a full glass big. of water is eight ounces. Oh. So. Tricky. <laughs> Although I drink, like, when it's like... This is one cup of coffee. I'm like, I need two of those oh, to yeah. make one cup. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Those measurements, I'm like, that does BS. not compute. <laughs> I've actually been making that smaller and smaller throughout the years. Hmm. So that Are they you can making s- that? No, no, no. They like, want to sell coffee makers um, for more money. So they like include more cups that they make cup <gasps> sizes smaller. Interesting. I had to Google because I don't know. Yeah, like, I, what I knew does I was like, to? this cup is not the same as six ounces. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Mm-mm. So these are actually two beers, but I was like, wow, look at all that beer. <laughs> um, this is from a place that you showed me, Jacob, called BKS. Have you been there? No, I've seen the building. It's across the street from Unbakery and Juicery. Cool. Yep. In that corner. 63rd and Holmes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds yep. about right. In the East Brookside area. That's what BKS stands for. Oh. Brookside. Oh, cute. You see the bumper stickers. And People you have BKS. can bring dogs in there. 
Yes. Because Rosie, yeah. Rosie's already been on this podcast, <laughs> episode 11, <laughs> featured. That's right. Uh, that is Jacob's pup. So if you heard her bark, this is her dad. And Aww. she does that a lot at home. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but you showed me these, and what was funny is I was going to surprise Jacob today uh, by getting these, because I'm like, Jacob knows a ton about beer. I don't know how to get good beers, but I know that he drinks here, so I'll get them there. And then Jacob walked in. <laughs> Proving that point that I do drink these beers. Yeah, that's true. But I was like, damn it. But the beers that I got, just so you know, the Robusto, that's the new one. Do yes, you have that today? I did try that today. Damn it. Yeah. The it peach good. one. Yeah. And the chocolate, which I know you've had. Yes. You've had all of these. I have had But all at least the peach I've had none have. of them. I've so only had tiny. one of them. Ooh. Well, I had a sip of yours. But that's what we're going to go. So I, you tell me, I said Robusto, then peach, then the chocolate. Do you I think, think that, that order great. is appropriate? Yeah. So, this is the first one. Mm-hmm. If you want to pour it, yeah. I'll tell the people what it is. Ooh, these are cute. So, it's called the Robusto. They change pretty regularly on the tap, right? Their beers. Yeah. Yeah, they have a couple ones that they keep regularly. Yeah. Um, and then this is a brand new one that they just released this weekend. Oh, they filled it to the brim. Hell yeah. Do that tilt. So, mm. it's a New England style IPA. A 7.5%. Oh, so this is the highest percentage out of all of them. Oh, what kind no. of pouring are you doing? I'm going to hand this to you. <laughs> Listen, that's a heavy bottle. <laughs> it was very full. Um, it says, double dry hopped with Nelson Savin? Savon. Savon? I think. Um, and a blend of three other hops. Flavor notes of gooseberry, white grape, mango, and pink grapefruit. Mm. I think I'd be able to spot a gooseberry. He said flavor. something about the hops. That's more. Sure. Something specific <laughs> about the hops. I gave up. Well, it's double dry hopped. Yes. Is Nelson Savin? I thought Savan. Is that the hop? Yes, that's one of the hops. One and of it, the hops. Yeah. So it's like a hop blend. Got it. Got it. Got it. You get a lot of tears out of these. Some of this. This is a nice, like, cloudy, cloudy, lighter. yellow, sunny color. Mm-hmm. You know, podcast. We have to describe what we see. That's right. That's right. What mm-hmm. else can you tell us? Anything? Um. So this is kind of a. The Northeast style of IPA is like typically kind of hazy, um, mm. so it does have like a little bit of a haziness, opaque. Nice. Um, yeah, they're it typically really good. yeah, yeah very like juicy or like pine forward. Ooh. Pine? Yeah, Ooh. a little bit of pine. Maybe, some maybe not in this one. This is very this grapefruity, is super mm. grapefruity, right? Yeah. Yes. Gooseberry. It gooseberry. Yeah, just like a gooseberry. <laughs> Me and the gooseberries. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers. 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 These the are people. my favorite food. Thoughts. Dude, I was like, it's nighttime. Let's drink. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, super juicy. It's not Ooh. as. I don't. It is, but it's still dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is cool. There's like an upfront hit. I don't know. What, mm. I don't know anything about beer. That initial Pretend like. Though. In the in the first tasting of it. The nose. Yeah. Ooh. The nose. But in the end, it's not there. Like, I don't like the ones that, like, linger yeah. too much. It's got, like, a sweet finish, I think. Ooh, it's really good. So, interestingly, um, when you see, like, dry hopped for beer, mm-hmm. when the part of the dry hop is, like, as the beer is fermenting. And so that only impacts the um, aroma of the beer. It doesn't affect taste at all. So, so when it says dry hopped, it's about the smell of the, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Weird. So, technically, if a beer is only dry hopped, like, if they added no hops during the brewing process and just dry hopped it, then it would have only like the smell, like a smell of like really intense hop, but then no flavor of it. So wait, what happens when they're dry hopping it? Um, they just- Essentially they're adding like hops in like a like like a bag into yeah. like mm. the beer as it's fermenting. Oh, so it's like when you put like a little satchel of thyme in things. Yeah. Or mm. like if you put like anise wrapped in cheesecloth yes. in your mulling. Exactly, yeah. Okay, Just cool, Just like that. Cool. And then so like no, none of the particles get in because there's no like filtration after mm. that. Um, but then they remove that afterwards. What um, would be the just hopping? Um, so that would be like during the brewing process. Have As you seen a bunny, like, Deanna? The boil. <laughs> 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 what? Frogs? Just hopping. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just the basic hopping. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I'm making a corner Up joke. and down. <laughs> 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 Sorry, go on, go on. Oh, no, yeah. Just, and that's just like during the initial brewing process as they're doing like the boil mm. uh, before it starts to ferment. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. So you like this one? I really like this. Do you have a favorite beer that you've had at BKS yet? Um, they do. So they do um, a couple like of the Northeast Ice uh, IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which they keep all the time, like Counterculture they have. Yeah, that one was a lot on of the here. time. Um, they have a beer right now that's called the Simplicity and Patience. Um, it's a Pilsner. Oh, yeah. But it's got, like, a little bit more of a hoppiness, um, like, than most Pilsners would. Most Pilsners are pretty, like, light in flavor. Um, I really like that one. When Very you drinkable. Ca- when you the name of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is, what makes an IPA an IPA? We're not drinking. This is not an IPA. This is an IPA. This is. What makes the name of this one? What is it? It's, oh, it's called Robusto. I gotcha. Robusto. It's actually name, it's like a collaboration with a, like, fishing brand. Really? Yeah. Cool. I don't know the story on it. Besides (laughs) that. Besides (laughs) from the fishing. So what is it? It's the style? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like a New England um, style IPA is a certain style but like ipa you're asking like what makes it an ipa yeah um you know like ipas are typically like very hoppy got um, it mm. that's what i thought yeah because a lot of people don't like ipas yeah but i like it yeah it's nice. and what's a pilsner let's go through them. <laughs> the basics um, well pilsner is actually a type of malt um oh. that they use um and pilsner is like a very like classic beer style like i think michelob is a pilsner mm. and like most of the like light beers are pilsners and then porters then slightly darker but not mm-hmm. a stout yeah porters and stouts are a little bit different yeah um but yeah there's like obviously a history on the ipa it's it's a india pale ale right um oh. so is that so, just because of i, don't know I, I think is. there's like a there's a story about like england making beer and like hops would make the beer stay better for longer so they added that, more hops to send like it to story. india like, because that was the longest trip, so they put the most hops in it to preserve the beer. Hmm. I don't know if that's actually true or not. That's just what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, we'll believe you. That's what I was just saying. I was like, man, man, we could do it forever. This next one I'll describe as you're drinking. I'm slow. This No, you're mm-hmm. fine. We're Me just going to, I'll pour smaller sips and then we'll refill them and drink as we do the other stuff. Oh, I like it. This is called the Peach <laughs> Bire de Firm. Yes, yeah, I think Beer that's you would say that. Beer de Firm. Beer de Firm? Yeah. 5%. It's barrel-aged sour ale fermented in neutral French oak Chardonnay barrels for four mm-hmm. months, then further conditioned on local Missouri peaches from, wait, from Tubby Fruits Peach Orchard. Tubby Fruits! <laughs> that's the I love that it's French Chardonnay barrels, and then it With gets t- to the tubby, tubby fruit <laughs> from Missouri. Missouri. Hey, tubby fruit. Missouri. Yeah. yeah, you're right. If we're going to stay accurate. we got to try yeah. some tubby peaches. Tubby peaches. Tubbies, if you want to send us peaches, we're open to it. So Cheers. this is the one. I've only been there once with Jacob and Allie, mm-hmm. um, Jacob's fiance. And uh, this is the one I got, and I loved it. And I'm not, a, I'm not even a beer drinker. Like, I love trying beers, but I rarely... Like sip, I I'll always go for wine or cocktails first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was like, this is so good, very into it. So, um, sours are a whole nother category, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited to try this. I'm not generally a fan of sours. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so very beautiful. specific. It's yeah. It's like my husband it. loves them. Yeah. He does. Oh, loves sours. You know that. We've been out to a. Uh, Cream brewing. Oh yeah, they do mostly they sours. They have mostly sours, yeah. so I am. They have in one with beets in it. Ooh, have you had that? I might like that. It tastes like good. beets. Yeah, yeah, it's like very earthy. But still sour. Yes. Weird. I really liked it. I love beets. There's also a beet cocktail at Grunauer. There is. And yeah, I think oh, they just... put kraut juice in that. It's like a dirty martini, but basically with mm-hmm. like German things. I very good. went there for the first time recently, and it was delightful. Uh-huh. Did you? Could you eat anything? Because you're a bit Sorry, vegan. We, uh, we're vegetarian. vegetarian, yeah. We went okay. to Lydia's for restaurant week and then went to Grunauer for a drink afterwards. Oh, nice. And they had, like, classic German-style beers oh, that you they don't have a see great at beer a lot list. of different places. Yeah. So, great beer list. Yeah. yeah we they, loved it. It it's has actually a great, a like, very atmosphere. Cool. We just had the bar. We didn't the, have any food. In the summer, outdoors, you can bring your dog, oh, and it's like a little oh, beer garden, nice. and it's so cute. I like it. And you can get, like, pretzels with mustard mm. and a good beer, and it's really fun to yeah. sit out there. It sounds great. I love We'll have to go. Well, cheers, cheers to the sour peach. <laughs> <laughs> Was that something? Because it's sour? Yeah. Sours get me. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. It's like so tangy. It is tangy. It gets you in that, maybe this isn't what you like because yeah. it goes back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good, though. That's pretty sour. You get a lot of peach, I think. In yeah. That's why, I think it's that's so, why I love it. Yeah, that's really tasty. It's like, because it tastes full, you can taste like full, full Tubby's peaches. Yeah, you can yeah. taste them. Those Missouri peaches. <laughs> Those Missouri peaches. <laughs> it's like beautiful champagne pink it's really color. Cute. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. That's the one thing. I wish you could see these. 
the growlers? Yeah, like through them because it's dark glass. Oh, to be able to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take a picture of these for. But I love these little like name tags they put on there. And these are the hops. This is what hops looks oh. like. Yeah. yeah, and little price tags that have the names on them. And the date. And the date. That's nice. Because how long does beer last? Like a beer and a growler would last probably max a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But the benefit of it is it's from like the draft line, so it's a little bit fresher. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, the reason they make the bottles dark like that is because light makes it um, go bad quicker. (gasps) Jacob knows everything there is to know about beer. Genius. <laughs> well, I know this because I bought a clear growler once, and I was like, why did they do this? Because then they had to like wrap it in a brown paper bag. Oh. I was like, this is taking away from the experience. But it's so you can put flowers <laughs> in it later. It'll yeah. look beautiful. That's true. That's true. I should use it for that. You should. I still have that. I, I will use these. these. From, these are cute. Yeah, I bought one of these, the clear ones, from Ikea once. And mm-hmm. I use it when I make cold brew. I put it my cold brew in there. That makes sense. So you store it. Cold brew, homemade milk. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Tea. Iced tea? Yeah, I don't know. Sun tea. I don't like that. Oh, but sun tea. Yeah. Sun tea. So good. <laughs> Do it. So, you, I mean, we'll rate them at the end. At the yeah. end, Jacob, we rate them first to last. Of, okay. Of, and it can't, for these, it's hard because they're so different, but it'd be like what you would want to drink right after. Not hard. For me. Between yeah. those two. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Because I, think I like don't enjoy one. sours. This, this is, next one is cool. It's sweeter than I remember it being. This? Yeah. I yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's very sweet. I love the peach flavor. Yeah, it's really good. I love peaches in general, and I didn't realize that Missouri had such good peaches. Yeah. But they do. Missouri, Georgia, and there's another Colorado place. Colorado is supposed to have really good really? peaches. Really? Yeah. I yeah. wonder if That's I should true. have been smarter about this and Let me fill that possibly put this one first, if I think about it now. Yeah. I wasn't smart enough either. <laughs> I didn't think. I think the the chocolate one is definitely the one to end on, though. Dessert, right? Yeah, that's right. So what got you into beer? I feel like everybody that's into craft beer has, like, a gateway beer. <laughs> what was your gateway beer? Um, actually, the Fat Tire. Oh, uh, I New like Belgium. that. Yeah, I like their labeling. Yeah. Um, and then we, like, fell in love with New Belgium. They make some really good beer. What's your favorite one there? That's a good question. Um... They just, I don't know if you guys have had the beer that's called the Hemperer. Um, they actually put hemp in it, and it's very <laughs> strong. That's the most recent one I've had. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. So earthy. Yeah. Well, hemp is just like, it smells like weed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So did it taste weedy? Yeah. Oh. It did. Yeah. It did. It's very interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So this final one is called the Holstein. Holstein? Holstein. Holstein. It's chocolate and Vietnamese cinnamon. Yum. 5.65%. It's a milk stout, full body with a smooth finish. This batch features chocolate and Vietnamese cinnamon, which <laughs> I just said. Um, you had this when we went out. Yes. Vietnamese cinnamon, I don't know if you guys know about Vietnamese cinnamon. It's nope. a very specific type of cinnamon because, um, and it's sought after. So when you bake... It's not like regular cinnamon because there's this added kind of earthiness hmm. and spice to it that gives it more depth of flavor. Mm. And this tastes like for real Vietnamese cinnamon because I have regular yeah. cinnamon and I have Vietnamese cinnamon from oh. Penzi's, which is like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I just want everyone to know what just happened. <laughs> I know I sound smart because I'm really talking full. about cinnamon, <laughs> but I just <laughs> took this beer and poured it. Get that napkin on there. Directly <laughs> Onto my cell phone. <laughs> the funny thing is that none of it went in the glass. No. <laughs> it was like... That's why I gave up trying to pour it. They're too I'm full. I'm so sorry I judged you. I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed. I'm so mad at myself <laughs> for being such an asshole. We also oh, curse wow. on this. That is quite full. It is. I don't blame oh, you Oh, it's so Thank dark. You chocolate so what makes a milk stout like are there differences in like just a stout and a milk stout so the answer is yes <laughs> beyond that i don't think i'm qualified like there's not milk it. in that there so i think that they put lactose in it um so lactose is used in not just like stouts they use it in um like ipas and oh. different beers to add like a certain like element of like thickness or creaminess to it um, and for I, consistency, a lot of people are not yeah. or uh, flavor. Yeah, so if you were tech, if you were lactose intolerant, like you wouldn't be able to have milk stouts what? or vegan. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a stout. It's a dark oh. top fermented beer with a no- 
Do you? It doesn't smell beautiful. I want this over a bowl of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> that would actually probably be really good so to make good. like a float with it. Oh, this, like give me this in a syrup. Oh my god, that would over be good. Some ice cream. You could no. make a syrup out of it if you just boil it down. Hmm. It would get thicker. Or I'll just get some Vietnamese cinnamon. I feel like Vietnamese cinnamon has become more popular hmm. lately. It's popular. I, I feel like I've been seeing it at least in, in beer. In things. In beer, yeah, a lot lately for well, me. Cheers, let's cheers. drink it. Ooh. I've never seen it, but you drink beer more. Ooh. That's really yummy. I think that's so good. That's really yummy. Super rich. I've been so afraid of stouts. You have? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think Because I've had would... so many so many that are like super dry or maybe mm. too heavy. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think I've had really good stouts. Ooh, I good. think stouts are delicious. Because stouts always remind me of dessert. Yeah. Because yeah. they're always like a bit richer. Yeah. Like Guinness is a classic stout, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't love Guinness, but I don't hate Guinness. Yeah. I always tend to like porters. Porters are a little bit lighter yeah. than mm. stouts. Yeah. Breckenridge like vanilla porter. I haven't had it. Sounds good. Is that a shitty beer company or a decent beer company? <laughs> um, I believe Breckenridge um, is owned by Anheuser-Busch. Oh. Um, not that that's, you know. That an, made an me deal, feel but... <laughs> not good about it. I believe so. Damn. I'm not 100%, but. Been on that tour. What? The Anheuser-Busch tour. Was it fun? It's a good tour. It's a good tour. You get a lot of beer. Yeah. That and it's good. huge. It's it's cool to see those like yeah. giant. It's good to go during Christmas time. Factory they, things. The lights. Oh yeah. <gasps> they put lights. Because you can drive through there and it's like a, like a very well known St. Louis. Oh, it's in St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Originally out of St. Louis. Oh, oh I had Bush no idea. Stadium is our, the Cardinals. Oh, I don't stadium. know anything about St. Louis. Girl. <laughs> That's why we have to go. We've I've said we need to go and do the city museum. St. Louis brewery scene. Probably one of my favorite brewery cities. What? Last time I was home. Justin and I were looking for like distilleries to go on a tour because we mm. were there for a while and we, I was like, let's go, we can learn more. Yeah. And there were like three, but there was yeah, a I've ton of breweries. Yeah, so many. Whereas we have a lot of distilleries. Breweries. Yeah, and a yeah, lot we really of breweries do. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's really good breweries in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. That would Lots be fun to go check out. Do you like a little brewery. Tours? What's your favorite yeah. one in St. Louis? Um, I'm gonna have to name a couple. That's um, okay. Civil Life. They make mm. a lot of classic English-style beers, mm. um, so it's like stuff that you wouldn't see a lot. Actually, yeah. um, BKS makes a English mild ale, Ooh. and I, it's it's kind of like a darker, it's called the Rock Hill and Locust. They didn't have it today, but they usually have it. Mm. Um, and it's like a 3.6% beer, so mm. low ABV, um, but it's super, like, obviously mild, um, but kind of has that kind of porter quality, like a little bit darker. Nice. Um, so a lot of... Um, or uh, Civil Life's beer is like that. And then Four Hands also oh, makes oh, some really good beer. Yeah. And well, Four Hands, uh, the distiller who started at Tomstown, who started, a, it's his gin recipe, oh. is now at Four Hands. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And he makes stuff for them. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Four Hands, great beer, but also the brewery, they have like arcade games on the second floor. How fun. Which is oh, that's fun cool. To go and visit. So. Fun. Yeah. Maybe I need to go to St. Louis. Get toasted ravs. Toasted ravs. Tea ravs. Um, we just we've been I've been I found <laughs> Waldo Pizza's vegan mozzarella that I love, oh. and they have St. Louis style crust, and they yeah. have tea ravs yeah, there. Yeah. And it's a St. Louis style crust. Just super thin. Yeah. It's like, like emos. emos style. Everyone. Okay. Uh, probably Whoa, a million people could claim to this. But thing. New York definitely could. Before like St. Louis. Trust me, I'm not arguing for. No. <laughs> But like it's thin, like thin. paper thin. Yeah. Is it cut like? And like burnt. Squares. Kind of. It's a cut in squares. Yeah, it is. Cut in New squares. York wouldn't dare. <laughs> they wouldn't dare <laughs> do it. <laughs> but Waldo Pizza, your T Rams are so good. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't had those. I'm gonna have to try them. You said they have a vegan mozzarella. It is what, delicious. Do you know? Do they make it or? They do. Oh my gosh. I asked a lot of questions. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah. Maybe after this. <laughs> like we're gonna drink a lot of beer. Yeah. And then I'm gonna really really <laughs> So now that we've tried all three, mm. we do gold medal, silver medal, bronze medal. Jacob, as the guest, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna try and be objective as possible on this. <laughs> However, I do like IPAs the most. So that's my favorite style. Which I think one? the Robusto does take the cake for me. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
That was good. I think gold I go, medal. yeah, gold medal there. Silver medal, I think I would go with, um, what's the name of this one? This is the Holstein? Yes. Um, Holstein, I think, would get um, silver medal. Well, Not to, you know, the... Listen, bronze is still admirable. Firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the peach was very good, but I think that more reflects my favorite styles of beer. Makes sense. But Deanna? I'm kind of torn. I love the the flavors and all of that in the first one we tasted. Was that the Robusto? Yes. But I like the smoothness of this last one, this mm-hmm. chocolate cinnamon. So I, ugh, I might have to do chocolate cinnamon, Robusto, and then the sour. Yeah. I'm going to go peach sour number oh, one. Oh, right. Everyone's a winner. That's <laughs> <Yes>, true. <laughs> Wait, did you go chocolate first? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... God, it's so hard. I'm going to go peach, then I'm going to go chocolate cinnamon, and then mm. I'll go. But that's, it's not because anyone is actually no. better than the other. Yeah, they're that's both, right. like, very close for me. It's just good flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make beer well. Yeah, and yeah. here's the thing. You can only get them at the space. Yeah. So I'm sorry for all of my out-of-towners. You, they don't sell them at local shops. They don't. You have to go to their space. And they there. make all of them that they have? Yes, they do. Yeah, they're wow. all on site. It's a very small location. Um, and because of their size, they are only open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm. Um, so they had a food truck out there today. Oh, how fun. And they had lots of snacks inside yeah, that they, were, like, snacky. Yeah, we get, like, on Saturdays, I think they have pretzels mm-hmm. um, from the Pretzel Boys. And then <laughs> they do um, snacks, like, and then they also have catering from another place that's, like, right across the street oh. that they deliver for free. But it's cozy. So. People bring their dogs inside. Mm-hmm. There's a little outdoor area. That's so fun. Um, and it feels very homey. Yeah. Yeah, the owners are pretty much always behind the bar. Oh. Um, we know them by name. We live <laughs> less than a block away, so. So nice. I love that. Yeah. Right? So BKS, check them out. Mm-hmm. BKS Artisan Ales, I believe, is their website. It's at 633 East 63rd Street. Kansas City, Missouri. Check them out. I'm going to go. Drink their beer. And uh, DM us. Slip, <laughs> slip into our DMs. What's the actual thing? Slide? Slide. Yeah. Slide. Yeah, I like to I say slip, which is I don't slip. Like slip. Yeah, no, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slide into our DMs. Let us know if you go in there or you've been in there what your favorite beer is because we'd love to oh, keep yeah. a little tally. Thanks, Jacob, for teaching us oh so much yeah. about beer. I'm not qualified, but. <laughs> <laughs> Just know a lot Just of A little stuff. disclaimer. <laughs> What's your, what's something you do to take care of yourself or whatever? Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd talk about climbing. It's uh, something that I've been getting into recently cool. mm-hmm. um, in, in the form of rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, climb a lot of different you things. You could. I like to climb um, buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Cars. Um, that's right. Whatever you want. It's kind of like, it's kind of like parkour, just, but just like. Just <laughs> so you don't do that. No, no. A very different form. So you're rock climbing. Yeah. So wh- where do you do this? Yeah, so I am a member at a place called Sequence, um, which is it just a bouldering gym. So there's two different, like, general types of rock climbing. Bouldering versus, uh, like, sport climbing or where you're, like, so bouldering is where you don't have a harness. It, the walls oh, mm. aren't too high. Um, so if you fall, it doesn't hurt that much? Right. And there's always, like, in bouldering gyms, there's always, like, massive pads. That oh. you, like, so if you fall, like, you're falling onto the pads. Mm-hmm. And they teach you, like, safe falling and, like, always have, like, those safety videos you watch before. Um, so the idea behind bouldering is because it's shorter, they make the, like, what they call problems a little bit harder. Oh. Um, so, like, it's, like, a short little problem, but you're, um, it might be harder than, like, if you were climbing, like, a 60-foot wall um, or a rock. Wow. Um, so, so sequence is just bouldering. Um, cool. And they have a fitness area as well. So I'm a member there. I go there quite often. This is mm-hmm. Kansas City based. Yes. Yeah. They're in um, the crossroads. Nice. But like right down the hill from West Side. So like right. Oh, I've there. seen it. Yeah. It's got a big thing that says climb on the side of the building. Yes. Yeah. Cool. They're actually right by uh, Seven Swans. Creepery. Oh, they're new yeah. creepery. Yeah, they just opened. Yeah. That's neat. So, so you can climb a boulder and then eat a creep. That's right. Is bouldering the one that um, I've seen where they kind of curve? Yeah, they can. Over yeah. the mats. And you're like, how do you defy gravity? How are you yeah, dangling? <laughs> yeah, where like there's an archway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just have to be really strong. That's crazy. Yeah. So you, how frequently do you do that? Um, probably like two or three times a week. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I do, I also like run and like do like weightlifting as well. And drink beer. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
and yeah, Rose Finley. Right. And, yeah. and Jesus. <laughs> so many things. It's incredible. <laughs> but that's cool. So if is it okay for beginners? Yeah. Um, pretty much. And Sequence is really good at like bringing in people or like having things available for people that have never done it before. Like so a there's baby all wall? different difficulties. And it's not even a baby wall, so you don't have to feel like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like bunny slope yeah. if you're going skiing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're there like, is... loser, do pizza your skis. Yeah. <laughs> Go on that baby hill. <laughs> so less like humiliating. <laughs> but they do have something called the schoolroom wall, which is like all under a certain difficulty. And uh, <laughs> it's yeah. a baby don't listen to Nicole <laughs> you can still do some challenging problems there um, but yeah there's a, a rating scale in bouldering that's it's V0 would be like the easiest climb mm. and then like it goes up super high like V14 V15 um, which would be like incredibly challenging like just professionals would what do, do that. you do um, somewhere between like uh, V4 and V7. Wow. Dang, so I'd be on V0 for Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, so you can start Very there. Easy. And it's like kind of what you think of as your like classic rock climbing. Like you have a foothold and handhold for like every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. You just have to like get up there. And so while it uses strength, it's like the holds are going to be very easy to grab. And so the difficulties get like with the archways where like it's, you know, just gravity makes it more mm-hmm. challenging or like the inverse of the wall and then like the holds get smaller and smaller so they can be like they call them like crimp holds where like you have to like or like pinchers where you have to hold or they can like actually slope down so they don't have much of a grip at all so like it's these like muscles that we don't use for many other things so like the first time you go rock climbing in general you're going to be so sore in these uh-huh. like, places that you've never felt before <laughs> that's why the rock climbers always win american ninja warrior oh yes, yes. there's a lot of people that do always a lot they of rock scurry across that wall yeah. too yeah, their forearms are so mm-hmm. strong. It's unreal. Because yeah. they're always just, like, hang- dangling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're cool. They're like, I've done this on the They're like, well, I'm really skinny yeah. and I'm not super buff, but I'm so strong mm-hmm. that I could destroy any of you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you just won a million dollars climbing on the weirdest things. Mm-hmm. Right. Such a good show. That's you. (laughs) You'll be there soon. No. Can't wait to toast you. Not quite. (laughs) We'll be on the Uh, other side. And we'll have signs that say V0 pointing to us. V0. (laughs) V0. That's awesome. But it is a lot of fun. I started in July of this like past year, 2019. So I've been doing it for a very short period of time, and relatively. You're already up to a seven. I mean, it's like I feel like once you start doing it, you can kind of jump up kind of quickly, mm. and then to like build up past that point is very challenging. Mm. Um, so. What a good health thing. Yeah, it is quite fun. Big um, question: People with sweaty hands. Yeah. Can they rock climb? So the majority of rock climbers use chalk, mm-hmm. um, and so chalk you know, allows you to, like, have a little bit more grip mm-hmm. on the wall. Um, and so, yeah, I do have sweaty hands, and I'm able to climb. You are? Yeah. They don't get cakey with the chalk? No, not too bad. Hmm. Yeah. That's what Can I've always worried about. No, that'd be cheating. Oh, <laughs> the grip, yeah. Yeah. That's cheating. I've never seen anybody wearing gloves. Imagine if I got this nice, like, Spider-Man glove on and, like, suction to the wall. <laughs> Stick to any Whatever part of the this wall. image is of Deanna, like, scaling buildings <laughs> and then holding onto the backs of vehicles. Yeah, and then she needs to get some really up. nice suction gloves, I think. So, I'm, I'm a secretly a superhero. Deanna's a V14. <laughs> I'm a V14. That's right. <laughs> when there's suction gloves the on. Gloves, yeah. <laughs> Without oh, gloves, God. V1. We should go and just try it out and... Yeah. Like video it <laughs> <laughs> for the pleasure It'd be of really others. exciting. <laughs> I think I think it is really fun. Like it's really like I think just an obvious choice of like health fitness options mm-hmm. because you just be get to be a kid again. Like you just get to climb things. It's joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just like on a playground again, and you're you know it's just fun. And you're just it. like competing with yourself. Yeah. Like you're not racing somebody. You're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bouldering is is. Like, very much, like, you can do it, like, with a group of people and, you know, like, they cheer you on or whatever. But, like, you can also do it just, like, on your own. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the other form of climbing, like, sport climbing or Mm. rope climbing, whatever you want to call it, um, you have to have, typically, like, if you're actually climbing outside, you have to have somebody that's um, belaying you or, like, supporting the rope um, so that you don't fall off and die. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Um, So, like, you have to learn to, like, tie knots and how to, like, use the belay devices um, nah. <laughs> I'm into bouldering. Yeah, bouldering's fun. I'm V into bouldering. V0. 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 Cool. We're getting down to business. To the business. Yeah. So this section is called 
What does it mean to be a speech pathologist? <laughs> this Jacob is... McKinley. I couldn't wait to see where that was going. This is the same section for every podcast. Yep. <laughs> it's always that. It's always that. Yeah, it's this, interesting. Yeah, this is just the first time I'm on it. People just definitely tell everyone what we they finally think. have him. <laughs> Can you easily define what a speech Ooh, pathologist define. is? There's so many things. Um, so... Yeah, we do have, like, a very broad, like, career field because you can work with people from, you know, age one day to, like, end of life. Really? Um, yeah. So we have even speech pathologists where I work um, in an acute care hospital um, that work in the NICU and work, like, on feeding and swallowing. Um, and there's people that do early intervention as far as, like, developing language skills um, and then what I do more of is uh, assess and treat adults um, in the acute stages of hospital stays. Um, so people that have recently had strokes or are very, very sick um, and need intensive care. Um, and we do a lot of assessment of swallowing. So I guess I'm not really defining speech pathology. So I guess really we're looking at all areas of communication. So um, whether somebody has issues with speech, language, um, but we also look at swallowing um, disorders um, as well as like fluency as far as like what people think of as stuttering. Um, so we do a whole lot of things. Wow. Yeah, that's um, a lot. Yeah. Do you deal with hearing at all too or is that completely separate? Hearing is different, mm -hmm. um, but like our undergraduate degrees are in like communication science and disorders mm -hmm. typically, which includes audiology. And mm -hmm. then audiology is kind of a separate tract and it's a doctorate um, degree. Um, so they go on and... So did you know as a teenager <clears throat> what a speech pathologist was? I don't think I did. No. Because I didn't have speech therapy growing up. Um, so I don't think... I, and I that would know. be the way you would have a way in. Yeah. Or if like a family member was a speech therapist. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you learn about it when you were going to school? So I started off um, in my undergraduate, I started off as a psychology major oh. and I wanted to be a psychiatrist, but then I was like, med school doesn't sound too mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was kind of thinking about things and I was like, well, if I'm going to do psychology, like I'm going to have to get a, you know, master's degree of some kind or a PhD. Um, so then my mom had always pushed, she's an elementary school principal. She'd always pushed speech pathology. She, she would always say that if she could go back and do anything, she'd become a speech pathologist. Wow. And so, you know, I looked into it and actually applied kind of on a whim after like the program had already like closed off their applications and got in. <gasps> And so then I just was in it, and uh, fortunately I loved it. So you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Wait wow. for your graduate degree? For undergraduate. For undergrad. Yeah. Where'd you go to undergrad? Uh, Mizzou. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. I did both my undergraduate and graduate degrees. So your Mizzou. degree is in speech pathology? Yes. Yeah, master's of um, speech language pathology. But that was your undergrad as well. Communication science and disorders is the undergrad. Is because it just kind of yeah, it's more of a catch-all. Wow. And then you got your master's in it at Mizzou as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So it. it was a two-year master's program, hmm. um, which is very clinically focused, but. Because there is such a wide um, variety of things that speech pathologists can do, it um, it's kind of covers a lot of things. Um, so my tract specifically going into the medical side of speech pathology, um, I learned a lot like on the job and in my right. first internship that I did. Um, rather than like, I didn't do like a lot of like what like med students do or nursing where they don't, like, I didn't learn, like I didn't have a medical terminology course. Mm. Um, so a lot of it has been, you know, like on the job training. Uh, we had like a swallowing course and things like that. A but, swallowing course? Yeah. So we're like considered the swallowing experts in the hospital. Well, that's a good definition. Is that on your business card? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> swallowing, swallowing experts. Yeah. Weird. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of swallow tests in the hospital. Hmm. What's um, that? So basically we'll go in and see a patient, um, so a good example, I think, is always after a patient's had a stroke. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if they've had some sort of stroke that's affecting the, the uh, strength or coordination of their, you know, oral muscles or their throat muscles, um, and they're not able to protect their airway, or for whatever reason, like, the, the nurses and doctors have decided that this patient needs a speech pathologist mm -hmm. um, evaluation for swallowing, then we'll come in and we'll do, like, what's called a bedside swallow evaluation, where we'll give them, like, a variety of different consistencies. So we'll start with, like, ice chips and give water and pudding oh, wow. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and we assess and look at certain, um, like, kind of more like bedside subjective things. Um, you know, is the patient coughing? Are they clearing their throat? Are they having to swallow several times for every little sip hmm. that they take? Um, and if for any reason that we're concerned, if they're having like these consistent signs that things might be going down into their airway when they swallow, 
um, then we would maybe do like a more in-depth swallow test. Um, so we have two different like instrumental swallow tests that we can do at the hospital. Um, we either do like an endoscopic test, which Ooh. is where they put like a uh, camera in, like a tube camera into the nose. Mm -hmm. And have you had that? <clears throat> have you? When I found out I had vocal nodes and I had really bad acid oh, reflux. Oh yeah. That was awful. Was it for swallowing or was it just to like watch you like turn your voice on? It was to see what was in what's going on on my vocal cords. So it was like an, an ENT doctor mm -hmm. that did that. Yeah. Gotcha. But it definitely went through my yeah, nose. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. Yeah. My friend was Ooh. with me, and she was like, that was <laughs> right. really scary to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we like, do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it goes through the nose, and then we, like, watch over the vocal cords um, and, like, the back. You see, the, like, the back of the tongue and, like, the throat muscles Crazy. and everything. And we can see if somebody, like, aspirates, which is the technical term for things going down into the airway when oh. someone swallows. Oh. Um, and then that's one way. And then we also do kind of more commonly, we do what's called video swallows, um, which is uh, an x-ray swallow test. So someone like sits next to an x-ray and we like feed them liquid and solid barium and we mm. watch it like go down, like we can see like a lateral 2D image and like see if anything is going into their it's airway. It's like a video. When they yeah, it's a video, yeah. I it's imagine it first like a tiny images. camera. <laughs> that they have to swallow yeah. and then oh my god it'd be Which, like a uh, magic school bus episode <laughs> Which is a thing actually what? but more for like gi like yeah to see where it goes yeah yeah to see and then they do like little like pressure tests with the camera. what yeah that's to see if like the people's bowels are moving technology is crazy yeah the medical field it's wild do you wear scrubs I do, yeah. I'm just curious. <laughs> really in the medical field. I know, I had never heard of a speech pathologist, I'll be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. I had never heard of the term before. Yeah. Yeah, the, the majority of speech therapists and speech language pathologists, whatever you want to call, um, work in the schools. Um, so if people aren't familiar with them from their schools or from like friends that were in speech therapy um, for like a variety of different reasons, like a lot of people, like kids will have like developmental speech um, issues where they like aren't able like the classic thing is people aren't able to pronounce their r's correctly yeah yeah you know? that's or what like people, a stutter yeah yeah or stutter um and so that's what i think people like classically think well, of as speech I, therapy hearing the word speech i mm -hmm. associate it with verbally communicating yeah. rather than swallowing right yeah it makes sense but and i think like medically um our field kind of just took over swallowing because <laughs> we like we're learning all of the same anatomy yeah you know, kind of generally in the same area what a crazy thing. Yeah. Do you love to do it? I do, yeah. It's it's really motivating. I feel like um, working with patients in general, like I feel like you get to, in my field, you get to see people and they're like kind of their worst. So yeah. you see them when they're like most acutely ill. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're working a lot with the families because some of the times the patients aren't even able to communicate or yeah. are so confused um, because of delirium or whatever it is. Um, but like working with those family members and kind of rehabilitating those patients, even to the point where they're like maybe feeling more like themselves, I feel like it's really rewarding. Oh my yeah. gosh. And we're like, a lot of the times we're the people that come in and we're like, we have food in our hands and <laughs> the patients are like, yes, like yeah. we're the one people that people want to see. Like when you're in the say, hospital. When you were describing that test with the food, I was yeah. like, that's not a bad test. I mean, like, but then if you can't swallow i imagine yeah. that would be like really stressful it does yeah so that's the that's when people don't like us as much mm -hmm. as when we're like i know we just gave you all these delicious things but we're gonna have to keep you mpo and do which mpo just means that they can't have anything by mouth oh um, and then like, that's when you swallow test and if somebody fails their swallow test and um, we have to be the ones that like say that they're gonna need alternate you know nutrition which typically is in the form of like a, a g-tube mm. um, which is oh. a, like a, a tube that you get like tube feedings directly through the, like a tube that goes into your stomach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So permanently. Um, so or that's sometimes it, it is a, like a procedure, like a surgery that you have to have. Um, it's not permanent. You can have it removed after a certain period of time. Um, and so like the more temporary form is they have like a tube that goes into your nose, like down through your esophagus and into your stomach and it stays there. And that's how they do the tube feed. So like a lot wow. of my patients that I see have those right. because they don't have that source of nutrition at do the time. Do you not have a gag reflex? Do I not? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would gag if I saw that. No? I don't gag Doesn't, if I see it. I feel like I would gag if, if you it happened to <laughs> yeah, You would for sure gag. Yeah. I feel like just like thinking about that makes me gag a yeah. little bit. People describe it more as like feeling like a big booger in their nose. Yeah, I was gonna say, that I they remember, can't like, get out. That's <laughs> a good description. Describing all of that makes me think of when they put that when stuff on my feeling. nose. And it felt like, initially you feel like the gag. 
Yeah. Because it's going through your throat. But, but the then sensation it feels, kind of goes away. It goes away, bit. but then it feels like like an itchy yeah. something. Did they make you do it as practice when you were in school? I did have one of the tests, like the oh, fees yeah. tests is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. The endoscopic tests. That's smart. Yeah. That is bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, how did you get into this version? Like the... The stroke patients. The that, yeah. How did yeah. you get into that version? So since it is like such a smaller part of our field, it is and like a lot of people I think are drawn to the medical side because mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, super interesting and kind of a little bit, I don't want to say like more high stakes, like your, your opinion is like really highly valued by like physicians mm-hmm. and other members of the medical care team. Um, so for me, like that's what kind of attracted me to it. Um, but there's not that many speech pathologists at the hospital. Like hmm. for me, I work at KU Medical Center and um, there's about 15 speech pathologists, which like relatively for the amount of people that go through school, like in this Kansas City area is not that much. Um, and so it is a little bit more competitive. So wow. I, I was lucky enough to get into um, like my f- first year after graduating, I w- worked at KU. So, wow. um, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, like kind of coming out of graduate mm-hmm. school. So because of the courses you were taking, the or? courses. And then like, I kind of got into this internship, which was like at the university hospital in at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. So kind of the same sort of level of care but like in, in Columbia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then once I did that, I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. Do you so. ever get emotionally attached to your client, oh. clients, <laughs> to your patients? patients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it is a very emotionally draining job, um, especially when we have to work kind of more with the palliative care team because um, we are kind of a part of that team. And, you know, if a patient is, you know, you know, this is super sad, but if somebody has like a brain tumor or like a stroke where they're like not going to recover or they're like their swallow muscles are never going to get better and they're never going to be able to safely swallow again, we kind of have to look at more of like, what's this patient's goals of care? Like what is like, what matters to them quality mm-hmm. of life wise? Have they ever mentioned like, if I can't swallow or I can't communicate, then I, you know, you know, I want to go towards like a hospice route. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're a big member of that team. And so with those situations, especially, I think it like is very emotionally draining of um, having to like work through and problem solve with, and also just kind of step up and be like a support member to those patients' families. Yeah. Um, so definitely emotionally draining. But I think again, on the other side of that being very emotionally rewarding mm-hmm. and like being able to be a support member um, to those families. So are you part of that team? I mean, I guess that deals with, like, the feeding tube, mm-hmm. like, conversation. I remember yeah. I had a lot of grandparents and family members that yeah. went into hospice. Yeah. And that was always the conversation of, mm-hmm. like, if I have to have a feeding tube or if you need to stop doing the feeding tube. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 Really so hard. they they look at us, like, you know, to do these swallow tests and, you know, exercises. If there's any, if there's any chance that somebody's swallow is going to get better, then we don't like kind of broach that subject. But mm-hmm. if, if we're looking at more of these like chronic issues, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, it kind of goes towards that route. And, and there's like different medical teams, like the team that's taking care of the patient primarily versus the palliative care team, which is more of the like hospice palliative driven mm. and they look at the whole picture and they're an amazing um, service. Um, but we kind of help out with the swallowing aspect of that. There's wow. obviously so much that goes into those decisions. But... What a thing we take for granted. I know. Yeah. Every Swallow. day. You don't even think about it. I don't think about it. At... He says, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. I don't think about it at all. No. But I guess when you lose it, you certainly will. Mm-hmm. Gosh, so much privilege right there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Is there a person or a patient you can remember where you're like, ooh, this is my turning point. I need to emotionally deal with my job differently? Like some someone that I invested too much in? Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or a time where you're like, my balance is off. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I feel like... I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, there's one patient that comes to mind that I definitely like invested probably there's, there's certain, you know, people that come into the hospital, but in my work setting, like people will come into the hospital, but it's never their end stage to Mm. be in the hospital, like at KU med. Yeah. Like it's always to go to like inpatient rehab, whether they're going to go home to, to the next step. So Mm -hmm. We don't typically have patients for long periods of time, but we do have those patients that stay for 60, 90, 120 days um, and they're hospitalized for so, so long. 
Um, and sometimes it's insurance based, you know, like mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't have the insurance to go to like an inpatient rehab, then they end up staying at KU because um, it is a oh. not-for-profit. So they mm-hmm. um, so they stay for a long time. Um, and so I feel like there's one patient that comes to mind that had a stroke and um, had this like really severe communication issue. Um, and I invested like day after day with her and you know, like I definitely invested a lot in her, but it was super rewarding because like yeah. by the time she left, like her communication didn't improve so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like I'm privileged in the sense that like, I can leave most of my work at home because right. um, there's not too much that I could do like from home, you know, like I have to, you have to my be work on is, location. Yeah, right. yeah. Like with patients. So, right. um, so I do feel like I'm privileged in that sense where I don't feel like I have a, a you significant, don't bring it into your house. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I bring the stress and those emotions into like home cause you can't avoid that. But, but yeah, no, I don't think I've had that situation where it's been too much of an issue for me. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Have you, cause you seem like someone who's a good caretaker just from like having conversations well, with you. you have you always been like that or have you learned along the way because not learned... everyone has that yeah no i think i've learned along the way honestly um i don't i d- didn't ever have you know i a family member that like went through something like mm-hmm. this which i i do hear from so many colleagues like nurses and um you know other speech pathologists that got into the field because they wanted to do stuff like this and like they were such amazing caretakers mm-hmm. um but no i do feel like i've kind of come to that point i think i got into <clears throat> or i wanted to get into the field of psychology because of that reason mm-hmm. i like wanted to get better at that um but i do think it's something that i've learned along the way yeah. um and now i've been doing this for like three years now and i feel like um those skills just continue to improve mm-hmm. just like doing it more often yeah and yeah. probably seep into your life too yeah i think so yeah. What's your favorite part about being a speech pathologist? My favorite part? I think it would be working with, like, meeting a bunch of different people from all walks of life. Oh, yeah. And, like, working with, like, families um, mm. of, like, when people come into the hospital, sometimes, you know, especially if after they've had a stroke, mm-hmm. like, we are the first or second or third person they're seeing. Wow. Yeah. And they're at this, like, horrible spot in their life. And I, I do feel like once you've built up the skills, like, you can kind of have the confidence of, like, like making them feel just a little bit better and I think that's would be my favorite part is like just trying to like make a a crappy situation just a tiny (laughs) bit better. Mm -hmm. That's good. What's your least favorite part about being a speech pathologist? Hmm. (laughs) Good question. I'm trying to think through things because I like the schedule. It's you know I like that I get to like leave a lot at at work. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Are you there mainly during the day? Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty regular schedule so I work like Typically, like, 7.30 to 4. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, because so you know you'd be doing schedules. that stuff overnight. Yeah, yeah. They kind of just have the assumption. <laughs> you're, like, shoving that... pudding in your yeah. throat. Yeah. You're, like, yeah. clocking <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's a question. I'm going to give Andy street cred for it. <clears throat> oh. Is there any good or bad media representation of what a speech pathology is? Um, mm. I don't know that um, I've ever seen any. To be honest, um, Andy would like personally. to know if the King's Speech. Is oh, a- good point. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Good King's job, Speech. Andy. Yes, yes. That is one that I get a lot. That's a speech. I should have thought of that. Um, I can't remember. And a theater coach. I don't and think. No, yeah. Emotional coach. I don't know yeah. that like the guy ever said was it was a man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. Yeah, me too. Um, but Jeffrey yes. Rush and Colin oh, Firth. Oh, it was Jeffrey yeah, Rush. Yeah. Yes. Colin Firth. Um, so, yes, a speech pathologist would treat, like, a stutter like that. Um, would so you that... sit on their chest? No. <laughs> would you it's not a make... standard technique. We've come along in technology <laughs> yeah. now. Would you make <laughs> them listen to a Walkman really loud? So, interestingly, like, there's all these, like, really fascinating treatments for fluency disorders, um, which is, uh, like, the technical term for stuttering. Mm. Um, and, like, we learn all of these in school. Like, we had a whole, I had a whole fluency class. Um, and there's all these types of, like stuttering is really interesting because you can do all these tricks that can kind of make you fluent. Um, so like if somebody who stutters sings, they mm-hmm. typically they sing fluently. Speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's just like a trick. Like, so, and like, if you speak in like a different accent or like a different like dialect, you'll sound fluent, but Weird. that's not like obviously a fix. You're not going to do it all the time. Yeah. You're not going to all of a sudden be a British person. Yeah. <laughs> and so then there's like been all these like products that they try and create, like the Walkman thing is like there's all these types of like there's a thing called delayed audio audio feedback and so basically someone listens like puts headphones on and then it gives them their speech at a delay and mm-hmm. it makes them fluent oh um and so it's kind of the same idea there 
Um, so there's all these like kind of like snake oil tricks for stuttering that people have been trying to sell as like a trick or like a treatment for it. But there's like actual ways to like um, modify your stuttering that are like more of the the modern ways to treat stuttering. And and in that way, somebody can like speak speak their normal like speech without Ask having themselves. to do yeah hmm. um, do these like really crazy tricks. And yeah, so that is kind of the more. And so like fluency is really interesting because. If somebody like from zero age like one to seven um, has like stutter, then mm-hmm. it may like spontaneously improve, mm-hmm. and like a lot of times it does. But if somebody start keeps stuttering like past age like seven or ten or somewhere around there, mm-hmm. then they'll stutter for the rest of their life. And oh so gosh. then from there, it's just like modifying you know the way that they and finding like ways to little cheats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, but King's speech, yeah, we that that'd be very much a speech pathologist that treats that. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that the, the person in that movie is a speech pathologist. In a real way, definitely not. Yeah, definitely yeah. a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just curious of like if it's represented in like Grey's Anatomy or not if you see of. them in other places. I I feel like that's true because I have never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the unsung hero mm-hmm. of. The swallowing. The swall. Yeah, in the medical field for sure. I don't think there's any portrayal. If anything, mm-hmm. I would say maybe in this like a school like TV show or movie or something. Someone along those helping lines. with the yeah, right. like a speech impediment is Interesting. Like a kind of classic thing. I don't remember that ever being a thing when I was in like elementary school. Yeah, it wasn't my. School. Do you remember like oh, kids like leaving like for school. like a speech class or? Like, I went to a very small school, so probably not. And I don't Those even I don't really even remember nothing. it for mine. Like, and I went to a public school, and yeah. they, I'm sure it happened. I just never even we didn't talk it. about it. I yeah. think the kids who had speech impediments did, yeah. but they were definitely sent out to work on their speech and had a special teacher that would come in just for that. So yeah. I'm sure yeah. that was a speech pathologist. Yeah. Uh, and you just don't know about it. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah. And so it's interesting when someone becomes it if they haven't used a speech pathologist, yeah. used their services, mm-hmm. but thank goodness for your mom and yeah. thank goodness for this podcast because honestly, yeah. you're going to learn about a new profession that yeah. maybe you would never know existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I do feel like, yeah, usually when I meet people, they haven't heard of it or don't, they're like, oh yeah, like my aunt is a speech pathologist. And you're but like, they're That's like, not true. yeah, I don't know what she does. I get a lot of that. I get a lot of aunts. I don't know why. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So do you, is there room to grow or you're like, I'm at this place that it feels really good and I'll probably be here for a while? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, for a long time going through my master's program was really into the research side Mm -hmm. um, and wanted to pursue that. And then I think at this point, um, I'm really happy like working clinically. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like obviously like different steps that I could take up like within like management. Um, Yeah. But for the most part, I'm, like, very happy with what I'm doing right now. Um, I think I want to get involved in more, like, clinical research and kind of just, like, hoping to, like, on a more of a broad scale, like, improve the way that we treat and, like, evaluate patients. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, like, my, like, overall goals. But Mm. however I'm able to achieve that, I think, yeah. That's the way to go. Overall, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing right now. If someone wanted to pursue or learn more about going into a program for speech pathology, where do you think, suggest they start? Um, I think like finding a local university that has a program. Um, but that being said, a lot of, there's a lot of online, um, graduate programs that you could find. Um, and so I think just kind of doing like a search, there's, there's a lot of, um, prerequisites that you have to like meet to like get into a graduate program. But like, even for my program, there were several like non-traditional students. So people Mm -hmm. that kind of went back and had a different career completely and then did some like undergraduate sort of like prerequisites Mm -hmm. through like a local university and then just like found our program. And um, so just, yeah, basically just finding a program and meeting those requirements. But yeah, the the master's program takes two years, um, but there's like all kinds of different programs where you can take it at different paces. so that's great. Yeah. Most importantly, can you wear any color scrubs? And if so, which color do you <laughs> like the best? Um, yes, you can wear any color scrubs. So I actually wear scrub pants, but I wear a cotton <gasps> t-shirt. I, everything has to be solid colored. You're like in men's J Crew PJs, basically. Right. That's yeah. Every single day, it's amazing. Wow, that's yeah. a plus for being a speech pathologist that's too. Right. Yeah. So what color? Um, what's my favorite combination? Mm-hmm. I have like a pair of like olive green uh, pants that Ooh. I wear with like a black or gray t-shirt. Earthy. Ooh. Love it. Mm. Very into it. <laughs> I'm always scrub pants. 
It's those, great. Those are the comfy things. And then we wear right? like like little like black athletic jacket over that. And it's just like yeah. What a style. Cozy as heck. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. thank you, Jacob. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on for like beer and coffee talk. I would love that. Like a yeah. specialty. <laughs> Absolutely. Specialty drink episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. Yeah. Right? I, mean, just I know it would be. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having um, me. Do you have like Instagram where oh, people yeah. can follow you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. My Instagram is JCB underscore MCK. Yeah. Are you on Twitter or anything? I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, no. me either. I think I may have a Twitter that I tried to delete a million years me ago, too. and yeah. it may still be floating out there in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> but, but they can find you if they want to see cute pictures of tiny dogs, awesome beer, lots of traveling, yeah. cool coffee. Yeah, cool. All those things. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you. 